0: 50 or more black cars suits and dresses black lace secured to the hair with a brass bobby pin my grandmother said the air conditioning at paperman's is too strong They have a nice bathroom.
1: That's the voice of Sonia Bazar, a Montreal artist and poet, reading from her new book called Pathways. The book of poems and photos is the result of what she found exploring Montreal's historic Back River Jewish Cemetery, and also the new and bigger one at De La Savanne during the pandemic. The book launches today. The Back River site in the East End, east of St. Lawrence Boulevard, dates back over 130 years to when waves of Jewish immigrants began to arrive from Europe. The book tells some of the stories of the 6,000 people who are buried at the Back River Cemetery, including her own relatives and what she discovered about their tragic stories that nobody had ever told her.
0: It was um, a cemetery that was purchased because there was a lot of very high infant mortality rate in... Montreal uh, at that point and a lot of Jews coming from um, Romania who weren't necessarily healthy when they got there so it, it, it's a very very interesting place because of that and and who else ends up there and whose families related to them there and so, yeah it kind of um, becomes an interesting process of parsing out who, Who gets buried there and why?
1: I'm Ellen Basner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Wednesday, March the 23rd, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Before we get to the interview, the CJN Daily wants to send its deepest condolences out to the family of the late Julia Koschitzky. She was a Canadian philanthropist and community builder. She died on Monday of cancer. The funeral was held Tuesday in Toronto. She's being buried in B'nai Brak, Israel on Wednesday. Kushitsky was in her late 70s. She had volunteered as head of many important Jewish charities here in Canada as well as in Israel. She helped bring Soviet Jews out from behind the Iron Curtain. She and her husband endowed the Jewish Studies Program at York University. They helped make Jewish education cheaper in Toronto's community schools. And she was on the board of the Jerusalem Foundation, United Jewish Appeal, the Jewish Agency for Israel. She founded the Lion of Judah chapter in Toronto, and she was a trustee of the Canadian Jewish News. Krzyzewski's family escaped Germany in 1939 and fled to Cardiff, Wales, then moved to Canada after the war. She's been married to her husband Henry for nearly 50 years. He was also a survivor. They met while she was still in high school. They have four children and nearly 20 grandchildren. You can read her full obituary on our website. The link is in our show notes. The Back River Cemetery is still in use. It dates back to about 1885 by some accounts. My own great-grandparents and some of their kids who died young are buried there. The city of Montreal's underground metro goes right underneath it, and it began to be in disrepair until 2013, when the company which manages the Baron de Her site on De La Savanne took it over and spent money to repair the worst of the neglect, caused mainly because some of the synagogues and burial societies that used to use the Back River site no longer exist. The author, Sonia Bazaar joins me now from Montreal. Now, for our listeners who um, may not be from Montreal, we should <laughs> talk about the significance to so many people of the Back River Cemetery. So tell us a bit about it and also how you connected there as well.
0: So this is a really, really interesting thing. Um, the Back River Cemetery. So the first time I saw it, uh, I walked out of Sove Metro and I saw a cemetery. And then I realized not only is there a cemetery in the middle of the city, it's a Jewish cemetery in the middle of the city that is not Jewish at all. So everything around it is, is, not, is not Jewish. So I kind of got uh, very interested in it. It looked really old. I didn't know anything about it. I went home, I asked my dad, always the first person I ask about anything. And he said, yeah, you, your family's buried there and kind of sparked that from there. Um, and then over pandemic, I did a little bit of work for um, Baron de Hirsch, um, making uh, maps like pathways to get to certain graves. And that's when I started to realize how complicated um, these cemeteries are and how interesting they are and um, how the planning and the history is really quite complex. So that's kind of how I got there. You mentioned pathways for the Baron de Hirsch. Are you talking about the, the La Savanne Cemetery
1: or for both both of them?
0: For both of them. So it was quite, quite the project of figuring what gates were open, um, where there's no graves where people can walk through, because essentially you're trying to find pathways for mourners to find their, the graves of their loved ones. So the book is about grief. It's about grieving about not knowing it's about grieving about knowing, but it, essentially just moving through those stages of grief myself and, uh, you know, every cemetery is just moments of grief in it. So now
1: the pathways that you made were for ordinary people or for sort of special historical figures, important Jewish figures in history. Who who were these for?
0: Uh, for the cemetery, it was just for everybody. Um, And so that's kind of cool. One of the things I noticed about the back river that the part of the reason nobody's particularly interested or initially about doing research about it is because they're immigrants. They're end of the lines. You know, a lot of these cemeteries are for children, you know, Um, and it's heartbreaking, but when you're the last person in a family who dies, then nobody's coming to visit you. Um, And so you know, there's a lot of those graves who don't get visited. Um, and it's kind of just regular people. So to say there's no one special there is, is like not true at all. A lot of these people, like even in my family, lives cut short tragically. Um, you know, people with mental health crises, um, writers, you know, um. Oh, what's his name? Henry Wolofsky, the, the, the person who started the Canada Adler is buried there. But he's not somebody that I could ask someone walking down the street, hey, do you know the person who started, you know, this Canadian Yiddish newspaper? Is that so famous is always one of those funny things, especially when it comes to the cemetery of like who's buried there? Why are they important?
1: You wrote in, in your book um, that there's some very interesting findings of things that are written on tombstones that you read. Mm -hmm. Um, You mentioned song lyrics. Tell me a little bit about some two or three of the most. Oh
0: man. Um, So the rush lyrics were really, really interesting. Um, And then there's some just like these lovely epitaphs. The ham radio numbers, the call signs are really interesting that people put them on their gravestones. My favorite one in the back river is quite a recent grade um oh and it has the most most beautiful epitaph uh, it says um our golden son our our will our loving our love child or something along those lines but it had a gold rolex um carved into the side of the stone and i i don't know i i really like it's actually right beside another stone that has um, a bunch of musical instruments. And I really, really love that one. It just shows so much personality.
1: When you walk through there, um, what condition is everything in? Is it, is it the typical uh, stones are all falling apart and overgrown or it's maintained okay now?
0: When there was vandalism, families would have stones fixed. But if there's no family looking after a particular stone, sometimes it's hard for things to get fixed which means that you have a variation of things. So it's not in the state it was in 1997 where the cemetery was about to be condemned by the city, but it is what I would call, not in perfect condition, unfortunately. Um, Some stones are shattered um, and there's not a lot you can do about it besides replacing them. Um, Some stones are like leaning up against the other stones And these are old stones. Like, I'm sure there's no family members remaining. Um, And that's one of the things I definitely portrayed in the book, is these kind of forgotten people. Uh, They were very important to me. I mean, even before I got involved in the book, my dad was looking at these stones and finding out that some of our relatives' stones were in bad shape, and, and we started putting money towards it. But unless you know about it there's there's not a lot to, to do so a lot of these stones are just in terrible shape and there's so much there's only so much the community can afford to do you know i know that the cemetery is making um, an effort to replace a lot of the stones which i have a lot of mixed feelings about actually
1: tell me about the people in your book there's some photos of actual family people those your family members uh, absolutely my family members yeah Uh, How did you decide and why did you decide to tell these stories?
0: There was one story that I had only recently been told. I actually hadn't known about the child who had died. um, My grandfather's sister uh, in the family until literally I started asking questions (laughs) about who was buried there. I said, who's Helen? I have no idea who this is. Um, It would have to be the story of my great grandfather um, and his daughter, and she had this horrible bone disease. Uh, And it's this weird story in my family where her sister was told that she killed her because she pushed her down the stairs, but really the bone had this horrible cancer in it and there was nothing they could do. And um, her dad spent like all the money they had taking her to the Mayo Clinic. Uh, You know, imagine in the 1920s, taking your daughter to, oh my gosh, you know, to the States and, and trying to find something. And, and he spent pretty much all the family money on trying to save her. She was five years old. Um, And then three or four years later, he ended up taking his own life. Um, And that specific story that we hadn't been told. And even my grandfather didn't know his father died by suicide um, until he was in his eighties. Uh, and it makes me wonder about what other stories are buried there that people have been trying to keep secret. And um, I really, really hope people reach out to me and we can start uncovering these important stories um, because like this is our history.
1: I want to talk to you about one special grave, the grave of the Torah from the bag street fire
0: the the fact that um, Torahs were buried with a headstone I had no idea and so that felt just so special to me and also because the inscription on it is so beautiful I would say it's perhaps one of the most like heart-wrenching descriptions which is interesting considering it is for a sacred text and, and not for like a human life but it's it's got this beautiful um all the people bewail the fire which spread through the synagogue the Torah scrolls were consumed by it without any possibility of saving it. The soul of the letters therein departed to heavens, whereas their paper bodies were taken to the earth. Um, and there's two, there's two Torah graves in the, in the, in the back river. And they're both, they both have uh, elements of the of tree of life and they both were burnt in fires. I, and to have the synagogue, this is a marble headstone to put the money there there's just such love what do you hope uh your book will do that's a great question so one of the interesting things about being in Quebec uh and living in Quebec as a Jew is that it seems that a lot of people have no idea how long Jews have been in Quebec um how old the cemetery is is the kind of a monument to like Jews in Montreal, how long we've been here. Of course, it's not the Spanish and Portuguese, but to have a standalone cemetery that's existed for this long, I really want people to know and get curious about the cemetery. I want people to care about the cemetery. Um, I would really encourage people to, um, once I'm done getting all of this information, to visit a grave of either a family member or someone you find interesting. Um, This is a museum.
1: that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. If you want to know more about the book, you can go to our show notes. The link is there to buy it. Today's listener shout out goes to Mark Stevens. He wrote a book about how he discovered that his Anglican father was actually a decorated Jewish German British Air Force war hero who had escaped the Holocaust, stole an identity, and was in the same prison camp as the Great Escape. And we'll end the episode today with a little bit of sound of the late Julia Koschitsky. from a couple of years ago. She and her husband were being honored at a dinner for the Jewish National Fund. The proceeds went to a food bank in Israel that her son-in-law founded. And She was asked what gives her the greatest joy in life. My greatest joy is making other people happy. How about me? <laughs> people see Julie, you know, out front she always looks to Henry for that support and that strength and Henry gives it to her.
0: Am I my joker here? <laughs> <laughs>